This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. A couple of summers back, I was speaking at a Steubenville Youth Conference in Alexandria, Louisiana, which is just a couple of hours north of where I live. Um, and the speaking team was comprised of, of some of my favorite people in the world of ministry. My friend Chris Frank was the host. Uh, the band was, was being run by Josh Blakesley. I've known Josh since I was a high school student going to these youth conferences myself. Um, and the other female speaker at the conference was my good friend Leah Darrow. Uh, Leah is a bright, shining light in the world of Catholic ministry today. She's the founder of this really cool initiative called Lux U, which is all about empowering Catholic women to know their faith, to know how to defend their faith, to know how to talk about their faith. She travels, she's a writer, uh, she's a mom, she's a wife. She posts the best, most honest things on Facebook, is just really raw and real and, and, and doesn't uh, just want to present this filtered view of herself to the world. She's, she's a beautiful soul, and, and, and I'm blessed to call her friend. And when we were thinking about folks that we wanted to have on the podcast this season and, and to talk about mental health, I immediately knew we wanted to include the voice of Leah Darrow because she has a pretty profound story. I'm not going to spoil anything. She's, of course, going to tell it to you in our interview. But she has some really unique and beautiful things to say about value and self-worth about how we think of ourselves, how we, as she likes to put it, recalibrate our lives around the things that are most important. She's not afraid to be vulnerable. She's not afraid to be real. She's not afraid to talk about the struggles that she herself has faced. You know, Leah's claim to fame, and, and again, you'll hear this in the interview, is that she was a contestant on America's Next Top Model. But I think most of us that have the great honor and privilege of knowing her know that she's far beyond merely a, a pretty face on the billboard that people saw for years around Manhattan. Um, that she is, in fact, a, a force in this world of Catholic ministry, that she's a faithful woman who has something to say, something to preach, something that is worth hearing, and something that I think will give us some great insights into how we can be mentally and spiritually healthy. As with all of the content that we are creating for this series of Ave Explorers and for this season of the podcast, we want to just remind you right at the top um, that the content and the commentary that's being presented is not a replacement for professional help that we hope people will seek. If you find yourself in a crisis or you think you may have an emergency, please call your doctor, call 911. Um, if you're having suicidal thoughts, please call 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. Um, and of course, we want to let you know that we're creating all of this because we want you, the listener, you, the subscriber, those of you who are following along on this journey of Ave Explorers, to recognize that, that mental health is not something we should be afraid to talk about. We shouldn't stigmatize conversations about stress, anxiety, and mental health. And we want to explore these things with you in pursuit of becoming more mentally healthy. So this is one of a variety of, of resources that we're creating in uh, pursuit of finding professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy uh, this interview with my friend, Leah Darrow. 
So Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to have you on Ave Explorers. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Katie. So for those listening uh, that might not know, Leah is currently pregnant with, is it, it's number five, right? It is number five. Boy or girl, do you know? Uh, we're having a little boy. This is, the first oh. time, this is the first time we have found out. It's been a surprise, all the other ones. And at this point, uh, I'm 40 and I'm pregnant. And <laughs> that, that, that's enough of a surprise. So I was like, exactly. tell me what I'm having now. <laughs> so that's I was going to be my question. Y'all were surprised people before and not surprised people now. We were, we were not surprised people. I can't stand surprises. I need to know what's coming. Um, oh, Casey, Katie, I'm the absolute opposite. I love them. I yeah. just love you them. Just, I like to just not know. Yeah. I love surprises. If someone, if, even if you've got like a penny behind your back and you're like, well, yeah, I have a surprise you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. Let's, <laughs> let's see it. Um, so most of the time, yes, I absolutely love surprises. I'm, I'm the person where I tell Ricky, my husband every year, please, please throw me a surprise birthday party. <laughs> and has he? And he is not. So oh. I guess that's the surprise is that I don't get that one. That you don't get one. Ricky, yeah. if you're listening, come on, 41's coming up. You got to knock it out the park. We got to do something at some point. But anyways, yes. So yes, having number five, um, having a little boy and just living life. Are the kids excited? They are. They are. It's actually one of the best. Ricky and I were just talking about this last night. Um, having, having more than one kid brings a lot of different things into your life. Mm-hmm. But, but one of the joys is watching your other kids be excited about new life. It's mm. amazing to see them. They constantly are pulling up my shirt to look at my belly. <laughs> they they want to rub the belly. They, they, they talk to the baby. My, my son Ambrose says, mom, this is my little brother. And I said, yes, this is your little brother. And uh-huh. it's just like, I mean, the theology behind what they're doing is just unreal. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, they're all very, very excited. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Like they know, they know that's a life. Nobody has to tell them. It's not until, it's not until much later that we develop this idea that, oh no, it's just a collection of cells and you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast episode. Um, but we're, we're excited for you. Uh, we'll be praying for you for sure. Um, the due date is in January, correct? That's right. That's awesome. Right. Well, it'll probably, it's after, I mean, you might have this baby by the time the podcast drops, depending on early or late, but thanks for taking the time. Um, for those that don't know, and, and we, you know, did a little intro of you beforehand, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you based? What do you do? If, if I were to bump into you in an elevator and we've never met before and we strike up a conversation, what would I learn about you in the midst of that elevator ride? Yeah. Well, I probably would, you know, um, just, quickly tell you that, you know, well, my name's Leah and, um, I am now, uh, an evangelist for Jesus Christ. And that's because I lived a life, um, on my own and for my own. And I was very sad and very broken. And I've come to a place where I accept Christ in my life. And I like to share that with other people. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wife to Ricky. We've been married for seven years. As you said, we have four kids with our fifth on the way. Um, I have my, my past is quite colorful. Uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a very good home um, with great parents, uh, took steps away from my faith by my own choice. Uh, that really probably started in high school, mm-hmm. led me to a path of just this self-fulfilling prophecy of the 
theology of me, where I was at the center of my own universe. And that led me to, oh, just to accept modern feminism, blah, blah, blah. Fame and money was what I wanted. So I went after that. That led me to fashion and modeling and America's Next Top Model and being on that show. Um, staying in New York, living in New York, working as a professional model until everything really kind of like, I like fell into the pit, you know, mm -hmm. fell into a big old pit. And uh, it was obviously, as it always is, Christ himself who reached out his hand and pulled me out. And it's been a process of walking with him since. And, and uh, that journey is long and that healing still continues. And I'm just somebody who's experienced that healing and it's still being healed. And I just like to talk to people about that. Yeah. Amen. You know, you said a phrase in that um, theology of me, which I very much think captures the culture right now, the world, uh, secularism, relativism, whatever you want to call it. Um, what were some of the like the ways that you saw that happening? I mean, you said embracing that modern concept of feminism and, and embracing money and fame above all else. Like when was kind of the moment where you, you realized, okay, this is not fulfilling. You're like, you're St. Augustine with the pairs moment. Like what was that moment for Leah Darrow? Mm. You know, I think there, I did have a few big moments where they were like the, oh, what's going on? I will say it before I share that. There were tiny moments before then, um, ones that I ignored willfully uh, because I, it's, I didn't want to be challenged. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, um, I, you know, you just, when truth, truth is not comfortable. Uh, it's not a loving, warm hug all the time. And so uh, there were moments prior to the big moment, but I, but in particular, I do have, I do, everything kind of came into one place. I, uh, this was after America's Next Top Model. So I was on that, you know, rowdy TV show and um, I stayed in New York afterwards and started getting jobs. And I, I, I was doing uh, by the world standards quite well. Um, I mean, my picture was on the side of taxi cabs and subways mm -hmm. and on mm -hmm. billboards in Times Square, all the crap that I guess I thought was so important in my life. <laughs> um, my paycheck had a comma in it. I was spending money faster than I got it, um, hanging out with a very, what you might call fast crowd. I mm -hmm. mean, um, we all just cared about ourselves. And so that was our common denominator, me and my friends. Um, and so that's just, yeah, you just, you just live like that for long enough. And then emptiness is, is right there. It faces you constantly. And uh, I was asked to do this photo shoot for this international magazine. I said yes to it. They, they clearly were wanting to use me and use my looks and my body to create an image of women that uh, no woman should support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought, hey, why not? Maybe they know something I don't about how this is going to help my career, blah, blah, blah. I believed all the lies. Um, it had a good paycheck in it. So I was like, hey, that, that's more money for me to do, do stuff. And mm -hmm. so anyways, I just use that. Everything is just about use. You just use others. You use yourself. You let yourself be used so that you think you can get something else that you think that you're going to want or need. And this happiness is just unfulfilling. And that's the problem because the theology of me is based on happiness. It's whatever makes you happy. 
And um, I mean, just take a couple jumps forward very quickly. I can say that I truly don't think we want happiness in life. Mm -hmm. I think what we really want is purpose and mission. We want that more than mm -hmm. happiness. Happiness, mm -hmm. is it, it fades. It goes in and out. And there are great moments when it happens, but it doesn't sustain you. Um, purpose and mission is sustaining. So anyways, go back. I'm at this photo shoot and um, I get into their outfit and it's quite degrading, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just there and um, I am pretending to be happy. I am very, very good at this point in my life at pretending. Mm -hmm. um, I had been pretending for many, many, many years at this point, almost 10, of really being happy that this is actually what I wanted, mm -hmm. uh, that these dreams are actually something I created and I didn't just accept from uh, culture. And um, I remember the photographer starting back up in the photo shoot. We had just changed sets and changed wardrobes and he's like okay Leah you know we're almost done let's let's wrap this up and he had a he was getting everything ready and I just for the very first shot I just looked straight into the flash of the camera mm -hmm. and which is a rookie move you shouldn't obviously do that everybody knows that but uh, I did and um, I kept blinking because I had to regain my focus and I saw myself inside my head like a little picture didn't alarm me because I just seen a Polaroid of me prior just to check the lighting and my pose, which mm -hmm. is very typical. Um, but I noticed that my hands were kept together on my waist and I raised them all the way up. And um, what I saw out and up above me inside my head uh, was just the profile of a man's face who bowed his head in disappointment. I didn't mm -hmm. see anything more. There's no other distinguishing characteristics. That's just all I saw. I just saw this and... Um, yeah, it hit, uh, it hit me and I just wondered what was so disappointing. So I pulled my hands back down and my hands were completely empty. Mm. And uh, I heard five words on my heart at that point. Um, I heard, I made you for more. And uh, mm. I heard that phrase um, five times. I made you for more. I made you for more. And um, obviously, <laughs> I've shared this story now over... Mm -hmm. wow. 13 years and it still gets me um, because that's just the way obviously God was talking to me. I mean, you can agree with me and think it's a good mm -hmm. spiritual moment mm -hmm. or think it's the result of a bad ham sandwich either way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the good spiritual moment. And um, at the very end though, the last two times I heard it, I did hear the emphasis on the first part versus the second. Mm -hmm. And it was, I made you mm -hmm. for more. And I, at that point got up and I walked out um, there was a lot of commotion, a lot of, a lot of colorful language being said <laughs> to me. And, um, the last thing the photographer said was, you know, if you leave, you'll be a nobody. And, um, in tears, not in a sarcastic tone at all. I actually just, uh, kind of cried out and I just said, do you promise? And that mm -hmm. was like the moment where I realized this theology of me, this idea of putting myself at the center of my universe was not working and mm -hmm. I didn't make me. Someone else made me and maybe I should talk to him mm -hmm. and about my life and what I should do with it. And that began for me, the journey home, um, slowly uh, back to the Catholic church. So you say back to, were you raised Catholic? 
Yes. Yes, I was. Um, um, yeah, blessed. So I was raised. I have two parents still married to this day. Wonderful Catholics. They are the ones who sit in the front row. I'm the oldest of six kids. It's the stereotypical <laughs> Catholic family. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you know, I'm, I, I know my parents never would have wished anything like that for, for me, but right, right. I made choices. I made choices that, um, that I own that are mine and yeah. uh, it's, it's what happened. And, um, yeah. Well, praise God for that moment of kind of, of clarity, both in a spiritual sense of, of, you know, encountering the love of Jesus Christ in a radical way and, and arguably like a Babylon of sorts. Um, but then in an even more profound way that you took that, that calling of I made you for more and now you spend your life sharing that message and, and really helping, especially young women recognize that. So I, I, wanna, I wanna talk about two things from that. First is your, your newest endeavor in the ministry world, Leah, has been um, kind of going past just the speaking gig thing and creating this incredible content for young women called Lux U. Um, did you ever imagine that this is where you would end up developing an app and a platform after walking out of this room and, and saying no thank you to this this fame from that secular sense like like tell tell us about kind of the mission and the vision and that purpose that that leads to joy that you have found in Luxu. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So first, did I ever think that would happen? No, no. <laughs> I mean that that's just. Um, I mean I walked out of that photo shoot and. Um, I mean I, I guess. I think it's important to give some context. When I walked out of that photo shoot, everything didn't just turn around at that moment. Right. Things right. actually got really bad after that mm. um, before they got better. Uh, and that's a, not to interrupt, but that's a, that's a huge aspect of, of being mentally healthy. It's not, there's not a quick fix to these kinds of things, right? Like it's not a snap your finger and you're ready to just be healed. There's, there's process in that. So what was that process? Yeah, it's... Um, you know, I mean, we are, we are engaged in warfare with, but with uh, the devil and the mm -hmm. demons and it's a spiritual battle. And so there was a major spiritual battle going on when I walked out of that photo shoot. Of course, I didn't, I, I didn't understand in all this, but when I left that shoot and I went home, um, I was just like, what just happened? Um, I think I just walked out of my career. I think mm -hmm. I just left, I, I think I just left everything. Um, I, I know what I experienced in my heart to be true, but it was the fear of like, do I, do I run with that though? Mm -hmm. What do I do with that truth? Do you accept it and then dive into it or you just acknowledge it and then, and then ignore, I, you know, and so the, the devil really was working on me and, um, I'd already been dealing with depression because of my lifestyle and the choices that I was making. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I just had self-hate all over the place. Um, uh, I didn't, I was not confident. Um, I pretended all the time to be happier, to pretended that I felt beautiful when I didn't mm -hmm. pretended that I was okay with being used by people when I didn't. Um, all of this came, came to pass and keep in mind, like this was, um, 10 years in the making. So 10 years at this point, I had not been practicing my faith. I had not been receiving the sacraments. I had not mm -hmm. been praying and I've been living a life truly of like deep sin, um, mm. mortal sin, um, constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. So 
what happened was the devil attacked me and he attacked me with my own past, with my own actions and was like, okay, fine. You've had this moment, this enlightened moment. That sounds great, but look at who you are. Look mm-hmm. at what you've done. And you think that like, what, I mean, what are you going to do with your life now? You think anybody would, would take you back or listen to you or love you or forgive you? Like mm-hmm. even if God could forgive you, like he's not going to forget what you've done to him and all these people that you've hurt through your own life. So um, that walk home and before I, I really kind of really reached out to Christ through the sacrament of reconciliation, um, there was thoughts of suicide. Mm-hmm. There was deep, deep depression. And um, I just think that's important uh, to admit mm-hmm. when we talk about this, because it can feel like, oh, so you had a moment and then I'm sure it all worked out. Like it did, but it was, I had to go through the swamp of mm-hmm. my, of dealing with my own sin and self-awareness to get to the place where I was like, okay. Uh, I have to, I have to get help. And so um, I did, I got help through the sacrament of reconciliation. I got help through therapy. I got help through talking to people about my suicide feelings um, and depression and, Mm -hmm. and those thoughts that were going through my head and to recognize what, like where they were coming from, why they were there and then what I could do to help get help to be mentally healthy, mm-hmm. to deal, to deal with my life and to deal with a, a new start. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm all about having good mental health and taking account constantly into it and realizing that it's a spiritual battle too. So it's, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. And so I clearly, you know, after this moment did not have any thoughts of doing anything in the sphere. Number right. one, I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know that people did this type of stuff. Like mm-hmm. this was like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with going to Steubenville's. I didn't grow up going to conferences. I was a pretty basic, like we go to mass on Sundays and we pray the rosary. That's all that my family did, which, which was a lot. I will, I will say that that was very, very good, but I didn't have the experience of a community surrounding me of other people and other people, Mm -hmm. my age and stuff like that, that some people have that, that may help, Mm -hmm. but Sorry to go about this the long way. Katie. No, no, this um, is perfect. That's that we were getting to that. So thanks for doing it now. <laughs> yeah. So it just, you know, it's, it's hard. And I, I guess I'll just add in, if you're there, if you're like in the pit, if you're, um, geez, you know, especially around this time of the year, mm-hmm. I mean, experiencing those feelings of worthlessness and, and, and hopelessness. And you just feel like, it just, it, it won't stop. The pain won't stop. The hurt won't stop. Um, I understand where you are at. Mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics of what the pain is, but I understand those feelings um, so deeply. I do. And all sometimes we need to do when we're in that is just wait. Uh, yeah. Patience, right? Patience in we, we, we expect, I think we're a culture and a society of quick fixes and immediate, it's all better now. Um, and yeah, sure, we can slap a temporary bandage on it. You could even, I mean, even this podcast, right? Like a person listening to this particular episode might be like, yes, now I'm going to go find healing. And then it's not going to come overnight. And you, you mentioned three things, reconciliation to so the sacramental grace that is, is offered to us, therapy, and then talking openly about those thoughts of suicide and 
and making sure that there were kind of moments where not only you were helped by other people, but that you were able to to almost create kind of like a coping mechanism for those moments of darkness and fear in the midst of both spiritual attack and in the midst of, of, of the mental unhealthiness that was kind of taking over. Um, yeah. Thank you for being honest about that. Cause I, I, it's hard for people to say those things out loud sometimes. And it's hard, it's hard to even sometimes hear because everybody just wants to walk around this world with that happy face on. Um, it's all good. It's all fine. Things we've got it together. I mean, how do people respond to the question? How are you? Oh, good. Busy. Right. Like our first thought is I am, I'm, I'm just going to tell them I'm good. I'm going to tell them I'm busy and they're going to assume that everything is together in my life. And yet behind the scenes, how many of us are, are crying ourselves to sleep at night or are so overwhelmed that we feel like we're drowning or we, we don't quite know how to find those moments of joy anymore because we haven't laughed authentically in a really long time. Um, so thank you for that honesty. I hope you're enjoying this episode with Leah Darrow and appreciating the honest and open and, and very vulnerable conversation we're having about mental health and having about struggling through different periods of life where we might find ourselves, as, as she said, kind of in the pit, in the pit of despair, um, in a pit of loneliness, just feeling completely and totally isolated within our hearts and within our minds. I think a lot of us feel like that a lot of times. And it's really easy sometimes to just kind of gloss it over. Uh, and Ave Explores this season is all about not glossing it over, not just saying, fine, good, busy, and just moving on to the next thing, but really having open and honest conversations about struggles with stress, anxiety, and mental health, and ways that we can become more mentally healthy, especially through the lens of the Catholic faith. So if you're interested in learning more about that and you are interested in pursuing more information about that, please subscribe to all of the Ave Explorers content for this series over at AveMariaPress.com. So after all those things, finding that help and that therapy and, and talking about those things very openly, what was kind of that next phase? What, what happened next in the story? Yeah, I mean, that's, as I look back on it now, I can see kind of how this all it's easy to kind of chop it up a little bit, but it just, it's just, again, slow process. Um, you begin just starting to, you just take one step. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, that's all you do. You just take one. So for, for, for me, I can tell you my, when I had these suicidal thoughts, um, right after I had this moment of enlightenment at this photo shoot, I immediately like the devil is attacking me. And, um, mm -hmm. I just thought, I don't know if I can go on anymore. Um, my first step was just, I was laying down in bed crying um, all alone in my apartment in uh, New York. My roommates were gone and um, I just knew that I needed to do something. So all I did was just sit up in bed. Mm -hmm. um, I put my feet on the hardwood floor. It was, it was cold. It was April. It was still cold and even a little snowy outside. And um early April and uh the coldness on the bottom of my feet I know this sounds crazy but like it reminded me that like I'm alive mm -hmm. I'm Leah you are alive you are not gone and you are not a lost cause and I just went to the phone and I called my dad mm. for help and it was just a call it was just something so it's just small steps that brought me obviously as we said 
uh, initially for the very first thing to the sacrament of reconciliation, number one, the sacraments is just that, you know, you, you, you have to go to the person who made your heart because you're, he's the mm-hmm. one who can put it back together. So, um, and then from there coming home, really the process of, of putting things together began as I look back on it. Now I can see three particular pieces of help, um, or practices that I was doing mm-hmm that really made a difference. And that was the rosary. And and let me just say, I had not prayed the rosary in like almost a decade. So my prayer was that Jesus and Mary give me a devotion to the rosary. Mm -hmm. I was just like, please help me want to pray this. That was my prayer for the rosary. And then it slowly, it slowly happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was the rosary. And then it was mass, just attending mass as often as I could. So at that point with given my, my state in life, I was able to go every day. So I went every day. And then it was taking time, even if it was just a few minutes at a time to go to adoration and just to mm-hmm. be in the presence of our Lord. And so adoration, mass, and the rosary were the three things that were the staples of kind of bringing me to a place of, of God speaking to me, loving me, healing me, telling me who I was, mm-hmm. um, and me getting to a place where that through, throughout about a period of three years of my little spiritual rehabilitation, um, getting to a place where God had instilled a deep sense of um, conviction and courage mm-hmm. to, to share, to share what he had done in my life with others who also mm-hmm. might be in pain and who also might be needing mercy and not even knowing it. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that, you know, ended up growing organically with local opportunities um, to share my life with a few people here and there those people began talking and sharing about that. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of come to the point now where I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I've got, we've uh, just this past year, we've created a new endeavor. I started um, doing something more than um, being on the road and speaking. I still love that and I love doing it, but I wanted to reach out to women. And I really mm-hmm. feel like God was calling me to speak to the women in the church Um which is the majority of the laity in the Catholic church. Laity is the largest group inside the Catholic church. And I just really felt like we were um, underserved. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really still feel that we are underserved. And, um, and so I wanted to help women, I wanted to help women have the confidence to know their faith and share their faith because we're the ones having the babies. We're the ones raising the babies. <laughs> That's um, true. We're the ones bringing the babies to mass. Like, where is where is the evangelization? Where is the catechesis? Where is the formation? Where is the support for the women? And I wanted to help and just do something. And so I created Lux University. Lux is Latin for light. And um, from there, we've we've grown this little kind of membership site at Lux with Lux University with some great courses on the faith taught specifically for Catholic women. Um, and we've grown that and we've just created the very first Catholic app for Catholic women. And it's the Lux app. And it's a place where we, we pray live together every single day, the rosary divine mercy chaplet. We have scripture devotionals every month. And then of course we have Lux university still. So we have courses mm-hmm. that teach us on the faith and, all Orthodox, all um, loyal to Catholic church teaching and doctrine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's, that's where God's taken this grand adventure with me right now. It's amazing how God can work in the lives of, of really all of us, but like 
especially people who have such a profound story in a moment of, you know, in the pits of despair, in that moment, you could have just stayed and continued the photo shoot and arguably been a famous model. But in this regard, like now you have done this great work for the life of the church, for the life of women. I know I've greatly benefited from your own words, um, from your book, from your story, from from even just, I don't know if you remember when you popped over to uh, that hotel when I was there in St. Louis and we just, we shared food together and, and little victory was playing at our feet while we were talking just about all sorts of things. You gave me some headache medication <laughs> because <I did. laughs> that's what you do, right? You're, you're imminently concerned, I think, and in, in a beautiful way about women who are in the life of the church and women who are, are far from the church and how we can restore that authentic femininity and restore a, a clear understanding of our role and our mission as women and part of that is being mentally healthy. Part of that is recognizing that we are called um, to maintain that that soundness of mind and that soundness of heart for the good of the church, right? Mentally mentally unhealthy people who are struggling with mental health things. And I say that, I know that sounds kind of weird. We're not, not claiming that anybody's mentally unhealthy and so therefore they're diseased. I want to make that clear. But that people who are struggling with mental health things in their lives, that we want them to recognize they're called to live life to the full right? And that they are made for more and that they are called to that purpose and to that mission and to help them get there. Um, so in the midst of doing all of these things, Lux and your family and traveling and speaking still some and writing, of course, and just having the presence that you have in the life of the church, what do you do to make sure that you're okay? Like, how do you maintain balance and self-care? I mean, are you a puffy, puffy robe kind of girl who sits back and binges Netflix for a couple hours and that's kind of where you get into a, a restful mode? Are you a, you've got to go on the Peloton bike or you, what do you do to make sure that there's balance maintained in the midst of all your busyness? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I love these questions. I love when people ask other people these questions because my ears always perk up and I'm like, <laughs> do you have the secret? Do you know? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I want to know something that's going to help me. Um, I mean, I listen to so many podcasts for this question because yeah. I'm like, please, dear God, somebody say something that I need. And it comes down to two things. One, there's no such thing as balance. Mm. Balance is a terrible notion that we think we can do all things equally and you cannot. Mm -hmm. You cannot. Um, I understand why we say it so that we can, you know, to get to point the point across of what we're trying to talk about here. But mm -hmm. I thought that I had to balance when I balanced motherhood and I balanced being a working mom mm -hmm. that I, if I balanced it right, I wouldn't feel guilty. If I balanced it right, I would feel good about myself. If I, and I realized that I was trying to like put percentages almost like so much time goes to this and then so much mm -hmm. time will go to that. And then I have this day for this and only this day for that. And, and it's just like, especially if you're a mother, you know, that just flies out the window because mm -hmm. it is just, it changes so much. So I think for one, um, for me, it was helpful to uh, use a different word or to redefine that word balance for what that meant for my life at that point. Um, mm -hmm. I use the word recalibrate a lot. Mm, mm. And so I will, Ricky and I will, will, will choose a path, choose a plan, plan out our, our day just for that day. When something doesn't go according to the plan, we recalibrate. Okay, mm -hmm. 
that's not working anymore. That plan changed. What can we do to fix it? Great. Let's do this. When something in work goes awry um, in my business and I don't have time anymore to get on that phone call, I recalibrate. I don't tell myself it's a failure. I don't say, well, I didn't balance it right because the devil likes to work in those details and especially mm -hmm. around that, that guilt issue. So I think um, that's the first thing. The second thing that I was going to mention, the, the two things that I've kind of learned about this is one balance, trying to understand really what that is and what it's not and, it's, and, and the reality of it in your life. And then the second is that the only thing that's really going to get me to a place of like handling all things is Christ himself in prayer. Mm. Um, that's, mm -hmm. that's just it. I, I've come to the conclusion that if, if that one thing's not in my daily life, then yeah, um, everything's going to hit the fan and it's, it's not going to be fun. And, and, um, and sometimes it does no matter what, but at least with prayer and grounding myself there each day, um, I'm reminded that it's not, that's not all on me. Um, and so, I, you know, when I graduated from the AI, I went to the Augustine Institute for my mm -hmm. master's in theology and, um, the very last lecture that I received from my, one of my favorite professors there, um, professor Douglas Bushman, um, he, 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 the last words he left us with was this, the church will survive without you. Mm. And I have that on a post-it note on my computer. It's been mm -hmm. there now since I graduated. I'm going to start taping it cause it's been a while, but, <laughs> uh, it's just that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not all on you. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ has saved has saved you like mm -hmm. calm down in that in that place but um but i guess to get to practicals because that is good too what are some of the things that i do um you know i wash my face i brush my teeth <laughs> step one yeah i mean and sometimes i don't do do that some some days <laughs> i know that would shock some people who aren't maybe parents but that happens. That's, yeah, it, very much so. This morning, Rose woke up at 6 a.m. and I was literally like fixing her breakfast when I realized, I mean, it's full two hours later and it's like, we've got to get out the door in 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm still in my pajamas. Like I would have walked out of the door in my PJs had I not noticed, like looked down for a second because you just get caught up in what you're doing. Right. That's, and, 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 and there, there is probably a time in your life, Katie, it's possible. <laughs> um, if you kids later where you're going to start going to bed in pajamas that look like clothes so that you can't do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's, base. that's on the list. That's coming next. I need to add it's some of those clothes it's to my Christmas list. my life right now is like, I walk out, I go to bed in my sweats so that I don't have to do anything. Yep. But the, yeah. I mean, the point is like, I do the best I can with what yeah. I have and what's going on. Yeah. Um, yes. I, if you watch me or follow me on Instagram, you know that I love fluffy robes. I'm pretty much, uh, <laughs> often doing an Instagram in my robe because I just don't care. I just don't care um, uh, what people really think about that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have quiet time in prayer in the morning. Um, for me, I like to, you know, just enjoy uh, being off of social media. One of the things that I, mm -hmm. I have done recently actually I've done this before and it kind of gets out of hand. I have to redo it as I'm very careful of who I follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are times in life when I don't follow people on social media and has nothing to do with, with their goodness, mm -hmm. with their, um, Christianity. 
Catholicism. It's just like, I can't right now that message is hard for me or right now I just need to have some space away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that we just get, we're in this crazy phase of life with social media where we're so afraid to offend anything or anybody. So you allow voices in your life that don't breathe life into Mm. your life. Mm -hmm. And, And that is, I mean, we should be very protective over your brain, over your heart. Like what you are allowing into your life through any form of media mm-hmm. is really important because not, I mean, not all media loves you and not all media wants the best for your soul. Exactly. So, you know, I recently unfollowed like 600 people on my Instagram. Cause I was like, why, why do I need all of these voices in my head? Because I feel like I need to be, Oh, I need to be informed. I need to know that person. I need to know that that person's mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. and the devil loves distraction. So if he's playing the distraction game with you, you probably are somebody that follow like thousands of people on social media and mm-hmm. you have all these voices. And I'm like, really? I mean, thousands of people like, why? So I have to give myself like these reality checks constantly, um, about what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a daughter of God, what it means to be an evangelist for Christ, what it means for me just to be a redeemed, um, daughter of the most high King, and then make sure my life is in accordance with that identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, again, I know I keep saying that's really profound, that whole concept of, we have an episode coming up later in the season talking about social media, specifically in the lives of teenagers, because it is such a comparison game, and it is such a noisy space. Um, I find sometimes, too, that, like, I feel like I have to add to the noise, or I become irrelevant. Do you ever get to that point where it's like, oh, man, I haven't posted in a couple days. I wonder if people still remember me. And then it's like, I get into my own head of, okay, how many likes can I get, and what picture do I need to choose, and what what clever phrase do I need to use as a caption? And then I recognize in myself that like I'm looking for validation from people that I've met maybe once, if ever. Um, and I'm looking for validation from people who are only seeing a filtered version of my life. And so then finding like real authentic community far past a screen of like people that I can be true and honest with um, has been uniquely helpful uh, to kind of overcome that mental health battle when it comes to social media. Yeah, it's it's um it's a really terrifying place to be when when we are there. I've been there. Um I w- I I I I've been there. It's one of the things I'm currently fighting against. I will say praise be to God and I'm I, and I I don't doubt that I won't fall back into it. Trust me, if it's if it's on my end, I definitely mm-hmm. will without God's grace, but I've kind of got to the point now where um I have been more comfortable praise god with just me being me Mm -hmm. like social media needs to serve me i'm not Mm -hmm. going to serve it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah man is for work not work is for man yes yeah yes and i just um and there is a tendency, I know the devil speaks in that space of, well, Leah, you haven't posted in a few days and Leah, you haven't, you know, and I'm like, if I don't, ha- if I truly don't have something that I believe would help you or connect on a human level, then I, I don't, I don't get on. And mm-hmm. I've just been more comfortable in my own, I don't know, space or place right now in my life where I'm just like, I, why fill your feed with noise? Because I mm-hmm. feel like I might be forgotten. And 
trust me, I, that's from experience. I, I, I've been there. I've done mm-hmm. that yeah. um, plenty of times. And I'm, I'm now for me, my own personal challenge, I feel like God is challenging me in that space of like, Leah, what, what are you going to tell them about me? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if, if I, you know, or like how, how, how are you going to connect and share your life in a way that reflects the glory of God? Mm-hmm. If, if, if that's not at the bottom of basically the foundation of why I'm going to be on there, then I don't, um, I just don't feel like I need to be there. I don't want to, um, I love you all enough not to bother you with my crap. (laughs) You all have your own crap, you know, like, like, let's just deal with it then. That's a great way of putting it. Cause I have found too, that like oftentimes social media becomes the platform for complaining. Um, I've been guilty of it. A lot of people that I follow are guilty of it, where we use it as the access point to vent and then people validate our venting. And so then you're, you're actually not, getting in a better headspace and you're not actually being more mindful you're just being validated in your frustrations um so it's it's definitely something that to not it's it's something that to use your phrase we have to recalibrate our usage of and our our viewing of um to find that that mental health i want to uh start to wrap up with one last question and that just very simply is you know you you know i've met in this elevator now we've had this wonderful conversation we're we're good pals we went and got coffee um and I, I tell you that I'm, I'm concerned for my own mental health, whatever, whatever it might be, whatever I decide to share, whatever I've noticed in the course of our conversation. What's the first thing that you would recommend somebody do when they recognize they might need to start finding help when it comes to their mental healthiness? What's like step one in the book of Leah to, to find that healing and that help? Yeah. Um, it's a big question. And it's definitely one that like, I think all the people that will be interviewing this season are going to have a variety of different answers. So maybe it's not even just what, what step one is, but like, what's that word of encouragement or that word of love that you would offer to that person who wants to find that help? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's such a personal, it's such a personal thing. It's such a personal question when you really are I guess when, you know, taking your question to heart and really thinking about, you know, that one person and, and, and having, and really talking to that one person and not blogging about this or just chatting about what one should say to another person. And it's all this hypothetical crap, but really when you're talking about what would you say to that one person, you know, what I would do is I would look them in the eye. I would probably hold their shoulders with my hands and I would mm-hmm. just look them in the eye and I would just hold them or hold their face. But, th- but th- this is me, keep in mind. I'm a, l- I'm a little <laughs> intense. Um, but I would just look them and I just say, you, you are very good. Mm. And um, <laughs> I think that... I think that not enough, um, not enough people are told uh, the truth of what God the creator said when he created us. Mm-hmm. I mean, just going back to, um, going back to Genesis that God didn't just proclaim this in some space and time but I truly believe and know that when he made Adam, 
when he made Eve. He looked at them in the eyes and he told them that you are very good. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess it just obviously moves me um, because of the, um, because the pain that our world is in and, and, and the, the hurt that our church is in, um, that we, we need to be reminded of who we are, my friends, that we are his, we are God's and we are very good. And so if anything, I think just the, the very simple reminder of who you are, that you've been made, you've been created, you have been thought in the mind of God and you are very good. Mm-hmm. You are very good. And the fact that anybody would be able to just hold on to those words and even say or admit, even if it's quietly to yourself that, yes, things are tough right now or you may need help, that is beautiful. That is a beautiful piece of self-awareness and honesty. And that comes from something very good in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, my first step would just be the reminder and if needed, the validation of our own identity in, in God the Father and his love for us. Amen. I think that's the perfect place to kind of we could keep going, but that's the perfect place, I think, to stop. That mental health really, truly begins with knowing we're, we're made good, that we're made very good, and that we are an intentional thought of the creator. Um, so thank you for taking the time. Thank you for preaching to us. I mean, I, every time we talk, Leah, I'm just always, I am challenged as a woman myself, both in evangelization, but just in life in general. Um, and I'm grateful for your witness. I'm grateful for your work. Uh, I'm grateful that that you looked into the flash on that camera and, and heard the voice of Christ that day. Um, and that now you're sharing it with the world. So thank you, my friend. Amen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me share my heart and, um, you know, all glory be to God for all things. So thank you. Thank you. Where can folks find you? Uh, where is the, the Leah Darrow hub? Lux, you, of course, what's, what's tell us, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you're a Catholic woman and um, you feel like you've never been taught the faith or, or, you know, I mean, maybe you just need some, some support around you and to pray with some women in a private setting um, off of social media, uh, go to theluxuniversity.com. Join us, join us in the community, join us in the app. Um, Mm -hmm. We'd love to have you. We are extremely active, um, extremely personal group of Catholic women who are, um, are committed to knowing the faith uh, and sharing the faith. Um, so you can go to theluxuniversity.com for that. If, uh, if you're not a Catholic woman and you want to just hang out and chat, you can find me, of course, on Instagram or at leadero.com and uh, I'll be happy to get back to you there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And of course, everybody will have those show notes or those links down in the show notes. Um, thanks again, Leah. You are an intentional thought of the creator. I can think of no more powerful words that can be said to anyone, but especially to those, whether it's you or whether it's someone you love or maybe it's just somebody you casually know, those are the words that 
that need to be spoken to somebody who might be struggling with a mental health crisis, who is dealing with stress and anxiety, who is, is finding themselves in that pit or overwhelmed or, or constantly running in circles and not quite knowing which way is up, whether it's a result of the time of year, external factors from work or with family and friends, whatever it might be that has, has pushed a person to a point where they feel worthless. Those are the words that can be profoundly spoken to them. Leah had some incredible insights, some great things to say, everything from sharing her own personal story of, of recognizing that she was headed down the wrong path to even how she, and again, as she put it so well, recalibrates day by day, not thinking of herself as a failure when things don't necessarily go according to plan, but really looking forward um, to, to well, what's the next step, one day at a time, bit by bit, little by little. You know, here at the beginning of this series of, of this round two of Avi Explores on stress, anxiety, and mental health, um, I want to just tell you that we have so much coming down the pipe. Uh, just like with our first season with Mary, we have some incredible contributors who have written articles that I think you're going to find remarkably insightful. Uh, we have a great piece uh, coming from uh, Rob Wicks, Bob Wicks, about um, finding alone time and, and why it's important for every single person to, to really take time to, to recalibrate themselves on their own. We've got uh, an excellent piece from Father Josh Whitfield a priest in the Diocese of Dallas about the difference between spiritual direction and therapy. We have a, an excellent piece from Allison Ricciardi um, asking and answering the question, does faith offer a path out of anxiety? We have videos from Roy Pettifee, Rob Galea. We have pieces from Tommy Ty, Mary Lineper, Greb Popkak, Scott Weeman, Carmen Santamaria. We've got some incredible stuff coming, and we hope that you'll take advantage of all of it by subscribing at AveMariaPress.com so you don't miss anything. You can find old episodes of this podcast, including all of season one about Our Lady on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. We'd, of course, be grateful if you would subscribe and give it a rating and a review so that more folks can find the show. And we'd, of course, encourage you, as always, to share what you have heard, to post the articles that you read, uh, to share the social media posts that you see so that more folks can follow along as we here at Ave Maria Press explore together stress, anxiety, and mental health. The contents of Ave Explores, such as text, graphics, images, and other material, are for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition.